Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Magic Podcast. Seth Green is a five-time best-selling author, speaker, and nationally recognized direct response marketing expert who is CEO of one of the fastest-growing direct response marketing firms in the country. To get free access to a download of his new book, Podcast Marketing Magic, and a free live training webinar that will show you how you can use a podcast to attract new customers and referrals like magic, simply register at www.ultimatemarketingmagician.com. On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally, if he is a match marketer, my dad is the best. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Corey Hubble from fillintheblank.co. Corey, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us, Seth. Our pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit. Before you were running an amazing firm with Emmy Award-winning designers, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in a small town in Far North Texas is called uh, Whitesboro, very close to Sherman, and it was a small country town, but I had the fortunate of having a father who was technically adept, so that's how I kind of got my background, but yeah, Whitesboro, Texas, I think population about 3,500 people. <laughs> wow, that is definitely the smallest town probably from anybody on our show who's ever been on our show. Was it town that small? What was your podcast? What was your childhood like? It was good, you know, um, Texas, Texas football nights and, uh, you know, a lot of small town. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a big country person, but rodeos and all that stuff. So it was definitely different than, you know, growing up in a city. Absolutely. And how did you get started in business? Um, I've always, you know, even as a kid, I was always the guy you know, doing lemonade stands or um, our town was famous for peanuts. So I'd run down to the peanut mill and bag up peanuts and go sell them on Main Street. But um, I really got started in business when I was about 14. My father bought uh, a print shop. And so I got to, you know, be part of that process from the beginning and um, in building that small business with him and his partner and, and eventually becoming an employee of it and learning how to to be part of um, business and also graphics and media. So it was kind of a, a double whammy, which was a good one. Absolutely. What do you wish you know when you started that you know now? Um, that technology knowledge is finite and that when you start to learn something in technology, you should really know yourself 
take what you can from that space to be really productive for the time to life of that product and then move on. You know, I, I think when I started, I believed that being a professional in Adobe and being a part of their ecosystem and being part of Xerox's ecosystem and doing, you know, um, educations in those routes were going to be something that could be a career like mindset for me, myself, you know, um, the reality is this technology moves way too fast for that. So if I would have known at 19 that um, printing would be, <laughs> you know, uh, something that died in 10 years, I probably would have had a different mindset about the things that, you know, I chose to learn about. So I would say that would be my number one. That makes a lot of sense. What is, you know, as business owners, we go through ups and downs, and I call them entrepreneurial mood swings. What has mm. been your, what's your lowest entrepreneurial moment and what's your highest entrepreneurial moment? Mm. I guess my lowest entrepreneurial moment would be about, you know, five or six years ago, uh, we had a successful company, a, a company that was successful my wife and I doing identity and branding and we were growing up and we had someone express some interest in our company um, uh, to put some money into the company at the time. It, it made sense for us and our equation. You know, obviously anytime when you give up control of uh, something that you're building as an entrepreneur, I think that breaks the entrepreneur's spirit if you're not ready for it. So I definitely would have, you know, uh, gave that more credence and, and, and maybe not made that decision. Flip side of the coin, maybe tough, you know, we, we fought, we got our company back, we got through it. We, we continue, you know, we paid the money back, we moved on. Um, the best, my best moment as an entrepreneur, I think would be, um, in the past year or so, <clears throat> you know, building the team that we have and realizing that, you know, for me, the personal realization that building good business is really um, hard to do. But if you have a tenet of having people in your camp that are smart and, and are the right people for the right jobs that you're doing, then you're inherently going to win that conversation and and by proxy the, the equation you're trying to conquer because good people can be taught, can be molded, can be moved, but you know, people that aren't engaged and don't have an entrepreneurial spirit, they they can't be in alignment with you, with me or with anyone that's trying to grow a business in the entrepreneur space in this day and time because it's tough enough as it is. Absolutely. And you talked about winning the conversation and obviously winning the situation. You've got Emmy Award-winning designers working for you. Talk a little bit about what they won the Emmy for and how that came about. Sure. So... Um, our CEO, his name is Greg Peterson. He is the one that uh, procured our motion graphics in me. Um, at the time that that occurred, he was contracting with NBC. So that was an, a Metro PCS campaign that we ran. It was um, all created and designed and architect by our firm through, through them. And it was um, one of Metro PCS's highest converting campaigns ever. So when it um, came time for for those awards to be handed out, um, it was it was a really proud moment for for us because you know it was a, a validation that anyone in the world can understand, and it was also something that we weren't expecting. You know, it kind of gave us 
a measure of our caliber of work. Um, you know, I think that people that are listening to this podcast and people that are out there doing the internet marketing and the, the graphic design and, you know, all the things that I call the cogs that make the, the machine of markets of marketing turn, you know, a lot of times we get passed over because it's the results that we all produce that make people get noticed. And, you know, when you have someone like them come to you and go, you did this so well that it had an extraordinary impact on the industry. I think that, that that's something that gives um, your whole ecosystem a really different perception. And, and, and with that perception comes, you know, a new driver to, to push harder. And so, you know, that, that, that motion, that motion video work was, was a, a nice cog in the machine, but it was really a catalyst to something much greater. Absolutely. What do you like best about your business now? Um, I think the thing I, I like the best about my business now is that we we have evolved to a point that we know who our clientele should be. We are not stuck in equations where we're looking to satisfy um, fiscal needs for our company, our people. We have great, great staff. We're we're very flexible. We're we're a fluid company. We we have employees all around the world. We move constantly around the United States, you know, to be on site with clients. And, and we've created a culture that is, you know, it's one of those things that everyone talks about when they're, when they're trying to start up or if they're, if they're not organically growing like our company and they want to get funding is culture, culture, culture. But, you know, I, I really love our culture and the people that we work with and, and we worked hard to create it. And I think that, it's the way that people like us and our firm start to attract the next generation of millennials and the kids and the people that are really bright coming out of schools, but they don't fit in the model anymore. So I'm really proud of the model that we've built because it allows the people that work with us and for us to really stretch their legs and, and create challenges that need to be created so that um, they can be at the top of the heap and we can learn how to do that for them and then apply it to the next person that comes into our ecosystem. So I really like that methodology that we've been able to cultivate. And I think that anyone that touches our business and is part of our culture would uh, agree with that. I would assume so. What, who is an ideal client for you? You know, an ideal client for us is someone who's committed to their business, someone who has gotten through the very, you know, hobby stage. Um, not that we don't like to help people um, get good perception on how to grow their business, but an ideal client for us is someone who's established a model, a service model or a product model, who knows what their goals are for their business or knows that they need to establish those goals and they need someone to kind of architect that for them. Um, an ideal client for us is someone who's willing to take a little risk and spend some money in some places so that they can see return on investment in their business. Um, and also, you know, an ideal client for us is someone who 
you know, a company that believes that we do have authority in the arena that we're in and we are able to subject their business to great change. But, you know, they have to create that trust economy with us. So any client that can can really come to the table and listen to the, the ideas and the things that we present and trust us to deliver on those, um, those are the ideal clients that we see great success with. Absolutely. I know you are a voracious learner. What are three of the best books you've ever read that have had the most impact on your work? You know, I, I've i got a lot of books, a lot of blogs that I read. I mean, one of the books that I carry with me constantly is Catching the Big Fish by David Lynch. Um, he talks a lot about how in business people get caught up in the surface scatter. You know, we're all looking at what's going on up here on the top of the water and, and really the big fish and the things that we all want to catch and that will feed our families and feed our employees, they don't live at the surface. They live deep down in the water. And in order to even understand how you catch a big fish like that or associate with a big fish like that, you have to quit looking at the surface model of, you know, what's going around as the next hot thing, you know, for a month and how people are, are attracting people to business models, you got to look deeper than that. You have to look at the character of the people involved in the business you want to work with. You have to look at, you know, what the what their in-game goal is and how they're going to get there and, and, you know, if they really are a big fish or if they're still, you know, caught skittering around at the top of the water. So I love that book by David Lynch. I think that, you know, it's one that anyone should put on their list. Um, another one that I'm really – a big fan of is called I Am uh, Potential. It's pretty popular. Patrick Henry Hughes is the uh, the guy. I had the fortune of seeing him in Salt Lake City in about 2005 at a conference, and he is a you know severely disabled man with you know out any sight or. <laughs> the ability to do much of anything and yet this guy came out on the stage and and sat at a piano and he had his father who was such a, a supportive person who you know had made a commitment to his son that when he was born this way that he wasn't going to let him not have a normal life and and this this guy comes out on stage and you know I'll never forget it he sits down at this piano and, and he's has no eyes and He's barely has arms and legs and he and he just creates this symphony of beautiful music. And I, I sat there in the crowd that day and I said to myself, Man, you know, this guy and you know, as cliche as it is, this guy can sit here and do this and do marathons. There's nothing in the world that I can't do. So, you know, that's a book that stays in and out of my backpack rotation, um, just because it it's one of those ones whenever you know, in sales and in marketing, we all have those days where someone's kicked us in the nuts and we just, we feel like we can't do it anymore. And I can pick that book up and go, man, if, you know, he can keep going and doing that every day. And this is, this is just a, a meaning, meaningless excuse in my head. Um, the final, you know, book that I, I would like to like just throw a shout out to is my, my close friend, Ryan Stuman. 
you know, Hardcore Closer is a book that he wrote at the beginning of his cycle. And, you know, it is a voracious book about what it takes to get through uh, a different type of life and, and still be successful. And in marketing, a lot of us deal with salesmen and we deal with salespeople. But if you don't understand the psychology of how salespeople work, and how they get their goals accomplished, then as a marketer, you're probably going to fall down. Um, you know, the thing that Ryan's done with that book and all the books in his series is he's a, he's opened a window into, you know, the pure chaos even, uh, for lack of a better word, of some salespeople's life. And I think that if you're a business owner and you have a business where you're trying to manage a lot of salespeople, Ryan can really give you some good insight on how to manage all those different personality types and overcome those objections and help those people become top producers in your company. Awesome. Great recommendations. Great books. Phenomenal interview. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? Man, the best advice I think I've ever gotten, um, you know, I, again, had the fortune of spending some time with John Maxwell at Steven Skate and Stephen K. Scott out in Utah, you know, and one of the things those guys um, was, was one of their top tenets was, you know, make people feel important. And it's something that you can apply across your business life, across your personal life. Um, it, it really is something that is, it sounds simple, but it's a very tough exercise because as a, as a provider of service, you know, some of us deal with 25 people a day, and every one of those people need to feel like they are the most important phone call of your day. And when you have 25 calls in a day or you have 15 appointments, you know, it sometimes it's hard to keep that enthusiasm or to, you know, not let your own personal state of being affect the way that your prospect or your client is perceiving you. So if you can always remember to make people feel important in the moment, in the conversation, no matter how you've arrived at that place, whether it's through conflict or through, you know, working together, then you're going to have honest feedback from the person that you're trying to work with. And, and you get past the bullshit. And and once someone feels important, then that, that trust culture is created and, and you get into the kind of business that can help you and your prospect and, and doesn't become something that's laborious. It becomes something that you're excited to be part of and, and your client's excited to be part of and you know you're going to grow into something special. Great advice. Phenomenal interview. Corey Hubble from fillintheblank.co. We thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. That's very valuable time. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for having us, Seth. We sure appreciate you. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.